0: This fellow, Ronaldo, is a cod. Arsene Wenger's been in Japan for a year. They don't know anything about English football. I will love it if we beat them. It's the history of the Tottenham. I have nothing to say. I'm so sorry, I have nothing to say. Con Giovanni, yeah, incredible. Dribble, 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 dribble. Penalties? What is penalties? <laughs> Who are Man United?
1: We will go
0: we're just seven games into the new Premier League season, but one question is on everyone's minds. Who will go first?
1: Jose Mourinho or Neil Warnock? Neil Warnock at the moment looks safe. He doesn't seem to be in any, you know, no one's putting a huge amount of pressure on him. He's looking confident, despite the he
0: defeats. He has a, he, there was a quote recently, I think it was Sky asked him, and he was like, oh, it's no secret I'm not going to do the Neil Warnock impression. Uh, it's no secret that I preferred the Championship to the Premier League.
1: Yeah, well, he's, he's being a, well. It's not even that he's being honest. It's obvious that the Championship suits him a lot better than the Premier League. He did very well and shocked everyone getting Cardiff up last season in <laughs> so the second he's place. He's
0: going to shock everyone again when he gets promoted next season.
1: Yeah, well, no, I don't see them lasting. But like, what what can the question remains like who would take over a Cardiff? Like we discussed just, just before, Sam. like Big Sam could come in. You got any of the British managers? What's uh, Alan, Alan Pardew? Yeah, big big Pards. He could do it but like there's nothing, there's nothing there there's no money You know who's free? There. Who? Alan Kirbyshley. Just bring in Bielsa <laughs> He's busy Yeah he's, he's <laughs> busy creating the greatest side in human history and then yeah. it's going to falter by the time February comes around did They lost the first match? league I know yeah. it's, it's 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 already it's crumbling. Yeah, in.
0: They're no longer top of the championship I know but Might that's as well just sack the champ- them
1: now That's just the championship because it's so cl- tight of a league because there's so many matches and everyone's on the level playing field And that's why Cardiff got promoted, because even though they're not very good and they don't have very good players, they just kind of got the run of fixtures looking the right way for them. And they got right up into the top echelons of the league. And then (laughs) somehow held on for dear life at the end of the season and got in in second place and got promoted. Signed barely anyone. The players they did sign were, you know, the what you call Tony. Happy forgetting Harry Archer. Harry Archer. Good Tony Pulis signings. You want experienced British, you know, junior hoilet. They could get Tony Pulis in. Yeah, big big tones there, but I think he might be busy trying to get Middlesbrough promoted, and I think that's where he is because Middlesbrough have long term investment opportunities. Although I don't know why, apart from the fact that Middlesbrough kind of screwed up the last time they got promoted and just were stuck terrible with that manager. What's it? I can't even. Ito Karanka. Ito Karanka, who should have been sacked in the, when they were still in the championship because he nearly he failed he did the, get sacked. <laughs> No, but yeah, and then, in came, the championship, back, yeah. And then came, came back, back with the 24 hours. Yeah, and that was weird. They should have just kept with him going. That was just bad decision-making on Middlesbrough's part. And, I, you know, in fairness to Cardiff last time, they kind of panicked when they were in the Premier League with sacked Malky Mackay. Brought in Oli Gunnar Solskjaer, what a who man, yeah. appeared to do nothing while he was there. Barr, you know, kind of looked really sad in all his rest-comers. Like, I've made a terrible mistake. He should have just played himself. It like. rained every time, I remember yeah. I seeing Cardiff play. He was quite middle... Mid, Quite, quite Middlesbrough, quite miserable, which is you know their are yeah. uh, interchangeable fa- phrases. But as it goes, Neil Warnock is in a safe position compared to the Jose Mourinho, who, despite people trying to create false fake news about him on Saturday, saying that he was in a fight with Paul Pogba, which turned out to be complete falsehoods. You know they seem to be at the end of the theater because he sat there for like he stood up and shouted, and then sat down and depressed, was depressed the rest of the time. The third goal that West Ham scored in that match, they won three one. Of of course, if you don't know, West Ham won at home. The West Ham team who lost four consecutive matches to be in the season. Yeah,
0: they have. They've turned it around now. Are it's they ahead of Man United now? They're not quite ahead of no. Man United, but they are out in, of their Three
1: points. Like Man United have been fortunate. Like this, this is Man United's worst start to a league. I think it's, it's twenty nine years. I yeah, think. since nineteen ninety when Ferguson was nearly sacked and he won the FA Cup to save his job. And that was the start of the Ferguson. The real Ferguson legacy won this first trophy that year. And Moyes, in whenever that was, four years ago now, five years ago, whatever it was. But at that point, Moyes had a lot rougher start than. Oh, yeah. They
0: played Liverpool, they played Chelsea, they played. And that's all
1: ahead for Manchester United at the moment. They don't. Like, they are playing teams who aren't even in good form. Like, they were very fortunate when they played Burnley, as it turned out. Because Burnley were awful the weekend Yeah, they that them. was the period where they were playing your League Thursday nights. And yeah, like they and they were, were just wreck. terrible. And, the, you know, they, they haven't had a great season since, but... They've they, been United got lucky, yeah, but United got lucky when they played them. At Atlanta, oh, yeah, kind definitely. Of. That was, like, the perfect circumstance to play Burnley away from home. And they won. But other than that performance, what's there been... That, like, they beat Watford, but were... It was, sort, at like best suspect, that, yeah.
0: At best, they had a good 20 minute period, yeah. Which is, you know, uh,
1: very often it's enough to win these matches. And you know, Watford performed well this season, they're head United, as, as I recall still. Yeah. Um, but they, they just were worked at the races that weekend. And other than those two performances this year, and like young boys really flattered them, I think they flattered to see in that match because they were like in the Champions League because they were they really could have been down a few goals after, after in the first half before Pogba broke the. the, the the deadlock in that match so it could have been worse if you're looking for silver linings to Manchester United season like they could be in a much worse state than the are. they've won a few matches who
0: do you think would win in a match Chelsea or Mourinho's Chelsea side that were 16th when he was uh, sacked or this
1: I think I think the the this Man United side because they have a bit more character about them <laughs> because that Chelsea team was just a, like really bad like they were very lucky to win the league the previous year as we discussed before, they kind of were the best of the rest that year, but nobody was the rest, or no one was everyone the best. Everyone was the rest. Yeah, everyone was the rest. And obviously, as I was told, that Leicester won the league the following year, so it was kind of the the probably low point in terms of quality of the whole Premier League era was that season. Uh, no offence to Leicester, but you know, in terms of like top-grade perform- players not performing across the board, that season was astonishing. But since then... Like, who was, was who was like, oh, that that season? we not even think about it. But <laughs> that Chelsea team, like, the so-called, you know, the champions, like, who were already, like, most of the squad are speaking to the press. Now, at the moment, it seems that, allegedly, a French striker is speaking to the press. And, allegedly, a French midfielder is speaking to the press. And, allegedly, a few other players in the squad are speaking to the press. But we leave it at that. And you know, speaking about their discontent with the Mourinho regime, about how they've gone backwards under his tutelage compared to the previous manager. And the previous manager wasn't anyone's best friend either, Louis Van Hal, if you if you care to remember. He fairly lost a lot of those players by the time yeah. the end had come.
0: The but- whole Engel de Maria
1: stuff. Yeah, Angel Di Maria, but like other players have kinda of lost the lost the fate with them. like Wayne Rooney, if you remember, was still at the club. Do you remember Wayne Rooney being at the club and he kinda of lost it all? Like Robin Van Persie, who was his loyal lieutenant for a long time, at you know, had been offloaded at that point. It was a bit it, the the, the the dressing room was slipping away from Van Hal before the end, but like it was paradise compared to what it is at the moment. Like, what Jesse Lingard's barely getting a game now. What happened there? He, he was one he, of the loyal players. He has actually picked up an injury, he didn't train uh, today. Oh, yeah, but in the last couple of months, he's all, like he, there's been weeks where he's not even in the squad. This like the same, it's like a rotation out of the squad. Juan Mata, uh, Ander Herrera, um give us some more players there Pereira Eric Boye Eric Boye like Eric Boye I can't still like.
0: probably the best centre back at the club not in the side yeah anymore. Linda, he's sick of They'd rather play. Lindelof
1: looks so nervous against West Ham well, wouldn't you be if you made any mistake in but Jose he was just Mourinho? like on the ball off the ball he was like he was coming in too early coming too tight to players he was running too much early on so you could tell he was knackered by the time the second half came around which didn't help Scott there, McTominay though third centre back like he doesn't know how to play the position. Yeah, like I they went wouldn't to three at the back, to him. No one, no one knew what they were doing. Like Luke Shaw was almost incapacitated. there was a
0: substitution. I can't remember who it was. I can't remember which one it was when Lindelof came off. Yeah, against West Ham, I can't remember. It was was it Rashford that came out. It was Rashford yeah. that came yeah. on. And you can see uh, Luke Shaw went over to Ashley Young, and they were, talking. Yeah, they were and like, like "What? What are what do we doing now?" What do yeah, we do? both Rashford like- came on. Yeah,
1: Rashford came on. I think he was telling uh, Ashley Young what the team was going to be. Yeah, and Ashley Young was like properly. Yeah looks so confused? Yeah, because we're, we we that means we only have like we go back to that like we we said this at the time that perhaps it was the tallest team ever. And someone please correct us if we're wrong. Yeah, was it the tallest first starting lineup ever to play the Because like League Who's game? the small player in that team, Ashley Young, young. and you know he's not a midget. Like, no, when he's in any, he's average height. Yeah, he at is worst. like he yeah he's fine. Like he's not a, he's not a terribly short guy. He's not tall, but he's not terribly short. And he was by far the shortest. Yeah, he looked team. tiny. Like everyone else was above six foot tall. For the most, part I can't think of whoever uh, like Luke Shaw maybe isn't how tall. Yeah, is Luke, Luke Shaw? Shaw would be about the height of Ashley Young. Yeah, maybe so maybe the fullbacks were the were the were the short lads in that team. But you had a midfield, or technically on like, like you were playing
0: the midfielders of Scott McTominay, you, Marwan Fellaini, and you managed and Paul Pogba. Yeah, tall giants. Um,
1: even though, as it turned out, the Paul Pogba played ahead of Lukaku for the majority of the match. Scott McComney played on the right-hand side of midfield slash left-hand side... Sorry, right-hand side of defence slash left-hand side of midfield as he progressed through the field. I don't think that was at all what it was but meant to happen. It seemed about... like they were completely unstructured. Madich was kind of in the middle of a guy like shielding the back four or the back five as yeah, it was. But you can't blame the I don't know the what players was going for on. what's going on here. Really. Martial... Anthony Martial started that match. You have to remind me, on multiple occasions Martial was playing... I did not see him touch the ball. For he the entire did. Match. I can confirm he did Fair touch enough. the ball. I think Ashley Young hit in uh, consecutive worst corners in Premier League history. Yeah, it was aspas pass one of them. Well, he hit two of them directly to like
0: one of them. We just West Ham players on the break. Right, yeah,
1: like two in a row. It was like that's actually a really good pass if you want to start a counter attack. Yeah, like it was very it was bizarre. Like if West Ham had any like speed about their attack, they would have easily scored. But it's like, it's
0: easy to understand why the minor players aren't performing when like they, they have no confidence in the manager. They don't know what they're supposed to be doing. And do? you cackle know, but what, like they, and they also know that if they make any costly mistake, well, Mourinho's going to hold yeah. them under the bus. Like
1: he saw Mourinho in the post-match press conference struggling to, uh, who will I blame? You know, he was so down. He, he went he with was the referee completely and the apathetic. mentality. Yeah, he went to, all oh, the referee, you know, he cost us for that, like, Rashford fouled. And like. If you watch the comeback okay if you think Rashford's fouled okay but United have six players behind the ball yeah, at the point where Rashford's can Yeah still you continue going. And it was just a straight a straight pass. Yeah the players right need through. to be switched on. Yeah but it wasn't it wasn't even like oh this has come out of the blue. It was like okay Rashford gets fouled in inverted commas but the ball goes back into West Ham's like into West Ham's possession in midfield so a pass goes back the way. And then who was it? Um, Mark Noble just standing there yeah, with the time on the ball no one pressed him time. down and then just he hit it like he almost over hit the pass but he just hit a nice slow like not nice a slow, difficult ball yeah not a difficult ball exactly that's what I'm looking for and Arnautovic ran onto it and then actually put it to De Gea's near post, which is the harder shot to score. But well, he he, did ra- it. he ran did- oh no never mind he no he, he just hit it to his near post yeah. on his left hand side and De Gea's left hand side. I think De Gea was kind of expecting him to go the other way. Yeah, De Gea didn't care. Yeah. De Gea didn't care.
0: He 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 not had a bad but match. Obviously, the fallout from that match has been as as we mentioned, Mourinho giving out in the press conference. So, well, whatever. Yeah, well like
1: then, it was reminiscent of the very near the end uh, at Chelsea where he just given up. It was
0: similar to what was actually his last match as Chelsea manager when they lost to Leicester. Yeah. He was just kind of staring
1: at the floor. Yeah, he water. was just
0: like I can't really I don't know who to blame so I'm going to say words and hope that I find it while I'm speaking. And
1: the as opposed to like when he gave remember he gave that soliloquy and soliloquy is what the the Monologue. Monologue, uh, a few games earlier, prior to that Leicester match when he was Chelsea manager where he went on a tirade about little players and Latich yeah. and all that type of stuff. And then you know, he had fire in him still. But it's very reminiscent of that now that he had fire a couple of weeks ago when he was attacking Paul Pogba and going after all the different, you know, fake news. Giving out about his Instagram posts. Yeah. But after the Spurs match when he was attacking everyone and respect and three three league titles more than anyone else in the Premier League combined. You know, all that type of crack. And you go, you come back, and now he's just looking, you know, staring blankly at the camera, but not saying, not having any, ch- like, not saying thank you or hello or anything to the person interviewing. Not like, saying well done afterwards. Well done,
0: Well done, Clive. <laughs> well um, uh, but but today, then, obviously the reports have been, and this has been going on for weeks now. Zinedine Zidane he doesn't don't speak say, English. Can we talk about
1: how wonderful it would be to have Zinedine Zidane at the Premier League? That, he that, doesn't speak English. I don't care. <laughs> That would be amazing. I was concerned when Zidane got the Real Madrid job. I didn't think he really had, you know, he had a bit of time around Real Madrid Castilla. I'm I'm just going to look at this through Rose City glasses. Three Champions Leagues yeah, great player. One Marco Materazzi yeah. in the World Cup final. He's won everything. Bring he could him win. to the Premier League at league level or at club level and at international level. He's won everything he could win. He's had successful careers in France, Italy, and in Spain. Scored one of the greatest goals in the Champions League history. He, he did. Um, he ha- has had films made about him. Won the World football. Cup. Won the World Cup cost this country the world cup you could arguably say in 2006 when he
0: even though he dragged them to that final he did
1: he dragged them and then he just destroyed it all and that was almost poetic three
0: champions leagues and get him in england he kept
1: he kept that real madrid squad together he brought them through
0: clap your hands managers he was described at one point but that's
1: what he is like he did make little, little slight tactical changes but he is almost a perfect. Because we talked about this last season. It's like, what around, what type of football around Drew? Really Every week we were just going, ah, well, whenever they get knocked out of the Champions League, yeah. that's when he's going to sacked. Yeah. And, wonder, and then they won it. Yeah. And then he, got, he left. Which is, we were proven right in the end, which is not the way we thought we were going to be. But, like, that's. Get that's, him in England. He could, like, I wouldn't bet against him doing anything anywhere. He doesn't speak English, which is a major issue in a. Well, like he's got
0: he's got Paul Pogba there. He's got, got Anti Martial there. He's got a French. He's contingent. got a few players that can speak Patrice Evra has been linked with uh, being part yeah, of Yeah, just because he sat, like,
1: said Woodward at the thing at the at the West Ham match. But I think but he looked good there, didn't he? He did. He looked stylish. Um, Those like, I thought classes. it was more of an amb- he's being hired as a more ambassadorial role, but maybe he is going to come into the coaching staff. Although I don't know if I trust P- Therese ever in a coaching role. Well, if he's a consider- bit crazy, you know.
0: Yeah, but that might be what Sinadin Zidane, Zidane yeah. wants at a backroom staff. Well, maybe
1: not because apparently Zidane Zidane liked to be very. He was like very like controlled. No, good- he's like opposite to what instead I was his of player. good cop bad cop, it can be calm cop crazy cop Yeah, I suppose. But he knew how to manage big egos. He knew how to manage. Like he will have the. And you want that at Man United? Yeah, I he'll have respect. But like as I was trying to get to, he he is a big time manager. Like he seems to be able to manage the hardest thing in modern football management, and that's big egos, big players, and the football kind of does itself. Like we said many times last year, we're watching Unai Emery's PSG against Zinedine Zidane's Real Madrid. And it's like these lads; none of them are playing football. <laughs> they're just like, okay, let's pass it around and have a shot. You know, it was but like by people God, playing in the park. We're it about if, that No, but it was as if things had regressed. Like, okay, they're they're roughly keeping position with like goalkeepers. Yeah, it was a bit childlike. Yeah, and it was just like, oh yeah, we just have these players stay up front and those players stay up the back roughly, and then we just kind of kick the ball between us and we hope for something to happen. And you know, PSG made mistakes. And Real Madrid capitalized, and then that was the end of that tie very quickly. I just find it very
0: hard. Like, obviously, uh, I'm being a bit facetious here with my uh, getting Zidane in England. It
1: would be great. It would, but, but I, didn't, it's, I didn't. I didn't think he I would just, go to a club like. I thought he might. I thought he step did. down a level and try and do something
0: more. I didn't. I didn't actually expect. I thought maybe do Juventus, maybe do France, and that would be it. I would. I'd never expected him to come to England. Which is kind of why I'm excited to see him here. No, yeah, it would but be a very interesting. It's thing. just the fact that it's so hard to judge his time at Madrid yeah. because like every week we were like what's going what, what is Real Madrid like it was so bizarre and yeah. then they'd win three championships. in made, a row. he
1: seemed to carry on what Carlo Ancelotti had done and what Rafael will he Jesus carry on Jose
0: Mourinho's son
1: I don't think so <laughs> he just immediately walks it as like Paul Pogba <laughs> banned from Instagram yeah no I'd imagine he'd just make Paul Pogba captain immediately and he'd He'd probably not change much at all, but he'd bring a calm to the group and bring kind of uh, belief and energy to the side. The way he did it Real Madrid when he came in after Benitez. Benitez was doing, like, not terribly at the time. But would he have won three Champions Leagues in a row? No, probably not. But he, <laughs> Case you know, in point. He, Ancelotti had lost the spark because he'd won the Champions League. He'd done the hard thing. He'd got La Decima. That was what he was brought in to do. He did it. And when, the following year, Barcelona kind of kicked on. Messi had a good season, and if Messi has a good season and Barcelona don't screw him up somehow, Barcelona win, that's just what happens, and they won the Champions League and and Charlie was kind of like, well, what could I do, you know, I'm against Messi, I have Ronaldo, I've already won it, there's not much I can build with this team, and then they were like, okay, you're gone, we bring in Zidane, and Zidane just had that aura around him, he is Zidane, he is one of the greatest players of most of those Real Madrid players' childhood like, that is the guy, him and larger Ronaldo they're the two people that they look up to like the chicken nugget Ronaldo just call him Ronaldo 9 (laughs) like the world cup winning Ronaldo world cup winning Ronaldo were the were the the heroes of that era and he comes in and he's just he's charismatic he carries himself very well he doesn't like the press doesn't faze him at all because he's had it his whole life almost or his whole adult life that they can say whatever they want and he doesn't care. He doesn't get wound up the way Josie Mourinho will get wound up. He doesn't have any of this nefarious dealings the way Josie Mourinho would or any most managers would. That you know oh, this player has to come in and this player. He doesn't want to rock the boat. He keeps everything very s- steady and simple. It was reminiscent of what Alex Ferguson was like in his later d- years, where for all intents and purposes, everyone knew when they were going to play. The coaching staff, the, sub, the you know, subsidiary coaching staff, the likes of Randy Muslinstein of Carlos uh, Carlos Mike, Mike Phelan took care of the, what mattered what happened on the pitch and Ferguson would come in and have that ultimate authority over everything and it seemed to be very much like that it was like he had defensive coaches he had offensive coaches he'd come in and make little tweaks here and there but you'd have his presence and he was the last word and everything because he's Zidane and it got even stronger after he won the first Champions League and stronger again after the second Champions League and the league title but then in that third season you could see okay now managers are figuring out okay this guy is very good in terms of his aura. This is Zidane. They gave him a lot of respect. But then they said, okay, what if we actually try and outplay this Real Madrid side? Will he be able to cope? And he wasn't able to cope. The only thing was he was able to bring it up on the big match days and win the Champions League for a third time. Now, the thing will be, England might suit him better and he might see it as a, okay, England's a less tactical league. I don't have to be as, you know, okay, we're going to play this formation and these players are going to have to attack these players and we're going to have to make a dossier about this team. It's a lot more okay. Let's let's just beat these of sheer willpower. Let's play our game. Yeah, and when you're at Man United, when you have like the rich, the the and the squad that they have, yeah, like, he can you play, already have... He could play some good players there. Yeah, like there is there is uh, infrastructural problems in that Man United squad that need to be overcome. But he had infrastructural problems in Real Madrid, like he didn't have. He really didn't have two for most of the the, the three seasons he was there. He didn't have two functioning centre backs. He didn't have a top, top grade goalkeeper in Keller Navas, and his fullbacks were, you know, not defensively disciplined, yet the the virtue of having Cristiano Ronaldo up front and having Luka Modric to Tony Kroos and then a destroyer in Casemiro was enough, and at United he has Paul Pogba you know, maybe he can get the best out of Paul Pogba he has Yamani Manic he has Fellaini, who can be Deployed to destructive greatness, I think. I love the idea of Zidane and Fellaini. Yeah, but it could, like it could work very well as a because it's like Zidane had like Casemiro was like that, like not in the same way Fellaini is, but he, you know, an attacking player that maybe if you put a bit of discipline into his game and dropped him deeper, he could do a job. And like very few players are going to outwin a goal kick coming into Manchester United field. Who's going to beat Fellaini in a jump? Not many players. Well, Flavio
0: doesn't actually win
1: many heading But that's because he's not put in that... He, well, he, he wins a fair few in the box when he's attacking. That's why he's put up ahead of Lukaku as number nine. Yeah, well, I've again. definitely
0: seen matches where it's like, how did he lose a header to someone 5'10"? Yeah, but
1: maybe with a bit more discipline, a bit more belief, given from Zinedine Zidane, you might play a bit more yeah, headers, maybe. you know? But, like, there's potential there. And then Lukaku up front, he's not Cristiano Ronaldo, but, like... If you can gear the rest of the team to play to Lukaku's strength, play him the ball at his feet as he's running towards uh, or play it as his back is to the to the goal and he can he can swivel and have a shot, and then you have the likes of Marcus Rashford who like maybe he's a bit too young for Zidane, but well we've seen um, Spanish youngsters do well at Real Madrid. No, but like that's Eric my point. Is like you have you have Rashford there who I believe will not be played off the wing by Zidane if Zidane was to come in. He'd be played through the middle. And you have Martial, who's French, who Zidane has already said he admired as a player earlier on in his career. And I'd say he'd have a new lease of life if suddenly Zidane was there. And that new contract would probably be signed very quickly. Yeah. Like, there, there is the makings of a team that could do something. The only thing is, if I'm Zinedine Zidane, why would I take that risk on that team? Why not? Why, especially it's mid-season. Like, Why not wait until the end of the season when... Well, maybe num- that will be the case. Any number of jobs in... could be available. Juventus, as you said, a place where he lived for several years, and seemed relatively. But contentious. will
0: Man United be available in years to come? What if Man United yeah, finally we'll... get that manager in the
1: summer if Zidane isn't
0: available? What that actually,
1: what well, could who could they get that's better in Zidane? At the mo- who could they actually achieveably get? That's well, there's no Zidane? one
0: at the moment. But if
1: we're talking no, about end summer, of the season, what I'm saying, like who would replace Mourinho in the summer? If Mourinho lasts the summer, Man United come in. I don't think Simeone is going to United. I don't think he's leaving Atletico at the moment. I think that's his project, and he wants it and he believes in it, and he's stuck to it, and he's been there long enough to. He's turned down opportunities to go elsewhere already, and I, again, he doesn't speak English. And it's a much bigger deal with, with with Simeone and his way of managing as well. So I don't think Simeone will go to England. And then who does that leave in the top echelons of football manager? Carlo what, uh, leaving Napoli. We don't know what Allegri
0: is doing. Again, there's so much that could happen between now. And yeah, the true, the, and but like season.
1: Again, if United, if Mourinho lasts into the world, United aren't going to be in the Champions League next season. They're going to have Podba's going to be going most likely because he's not going to have another season outside the Champions League, and they need money. You know, well they wouldn't need money, but I think there'd be a good time to cash in for United. And then you know there, there's a big build, rebuilding job to go. And does Zidane, does a, a manager like Sedan want to come in and have to rebuild a whole squad? Doesn't seem like his own modus up modus operandi so far. he's signed very few players, if you remember, for Real Madrid, especially first teamers. Like who did he sign, Kovačić, Kova? Okay. Yeah, no, he did. He didn't
0: make many signings for Real Madrid. Yeah,
1: like he got.
0: But there's always the talk of the director of football
1: coming in from Manchester. Oh United yeah, as well, so. that's just big old. That's big Ed Woodward. Like this might, and you might want to hear it at this point. But like, is this an Ed Woodward play? Oh, it definitely is to uh, like mention Zidane. Like, oh, Zidane happens to be in England on holiday or something. And, oh, yeah, we're having. He he was spotted near the Manchester United London offices. Which why do Manchester United operate London offices? That's that's because London. Yeah, but like, it's not like it's not like you're in LA and New York. It's, it's, it's a couple of hours away from each other, or even less by plane. It just seems a uh, yeah, but that's that's Man United structure. That's what they want to do. I don't like. I could be proven wrong by the time you're listening to this Dan could even have even been announced as Manchester United manager and you know Mourinho could have been given his big payout and left the left the club I don't I wouldn't count on it and then uh, in a more
0: uh, light-hearted kind of fun atmosphere Chelsea Liverpool nice exciting match between two title contenders apparently
1: I'm not sure why it was exciting as in why the managers wanted to make it exciting I understand like Chelsea were outplayed for a lot of the first half as in it was all Liverpool all the attacks, to Liverpool. Some bad finishing, and good defending from Chelsea kept kept them in the match in the early times. There was a few chances early on uh, for everyone, for Salah, for Mane. Like the entire Liverpool attack had seemed to be overwhelming Chelsea, pushing them right back into their own half. And then I don't know what happened. Chelsea got the break. It
0: was a, it was a nice, well constructed yeah. goal by
1: Chelsea. I don't know where it came from. That was my in the in the patterns of the play of the match. It kind of was just like Chelsea weren't building towards that. They were kind of just. Not surviving at that stage as the match had calmed down. It was kind of just a very null event at that point. Like there'd been exciting bits earlier in the half, but then by that point it was just kinda of, okay, we're got everyone's playing itself to half time. That seems the way it was going. And Chelsea just erupted Hazard got away he's scoring goals now he's moving a bit more into the box Which can he
0: get 40 in a season though? I don't think so but yeah, no, you're really looking
1: can't. at the team but like it's interesting Hazard started a lot more forward in this match than he has so he has him. that Most. more freedom than he did now under Conte or under Mourinho yeah or but under Mourinho or Conte he was playing very much in the like, rough. or Raffinita. he was playing very much in the left hand side of things like deep like a good 20 yards from the box even at Sanford a small pitch maybe 10-15 yards from the box it would be his box. responsibility to get the ball from one end of the pitch to the other yeah. But now he was starting, as in his starting position when he was receiving the ball, multiple times, part, we'll talk about the second half, but multiple times when, when Liverpool were kind of playing a realistic defence, which changed as the match went on, he was getting the ball on the edge of the box. Yeah. That's where he was aiming to, that was the positions he was making runs from, which is very different from any Conte as you said Conte Marino never played him that far forward he always, almost always had him withdrawn so he can make those little but it's exciting reasons. to see Hazard be given yeah. this
0: attacking freedom because we know how good of a dribbler with the ball he yeah. can be how exciting he can be to watch and I don't think he'll get 40 goals but no. he, he'll get more you'd like to think double figures <laughs> he, yeah, you'd like to think uh, in a more attacking system mm-hmm. he would get more goals than he normally well if he deployed, con- con- deployed a content. more
1: attacking role like I do not see why, and I don't think that neither of the two strikers Chelsea have senior strikers they have at the moment in Drew or Morata are going to do this. But if I were in charge of Chelsea, I would have a kind of uh, asymmetrical lineup. Is that the way to say yeah, it? Yeah. Where I would have Hazard playing off. Like they've tried it before. Hazard can't play on his own up front. It's happened before. On paper, you think, "Oh, this should work," because he's that skillful. But I don't think it does in reality. I think he gets lost and he gets drowned up there. I think you need a, a, a mobile centre forward who's willing to do work that Hazard mightn't be able to do if he's playing so far forward. But Shereeu is good at it. Yeah, he's not. He he is, but he's not of the top grade. That I think yeah, like he'll do the job until until January story. at the very least. Yeah, exactly. And I don't think Murata's form is anywhere near it at the moment. And I don't think he'd be capable of doing this job in any in any event in any event. But playing him up that that far forward and playing Hazard off this centre striker that we're we're talking about, and then having a completely defensive side on the on the right hand side of everything, and having everyone play a couple of yards back, so that everyone can shuffle across as needed, have a kind of a solid three man midfield. That will become a four-man midfield yeah. with Hazard pushing. Like kind towards. of asymmetrical four-four-two. Exactly. I think that's what they need to do it, and maybe that's what uh, Sari is moving towards because you can see there wasn't much created from that right hand. Like Moses, I think was playing for most of that. No, it was William. So William, but was yeah. Moses behind him? Mos- I think was, Moses hasn't been in the. Was he not? T- no, was, he, I, seen was him I thought he was number fifteen for Chelsea. Maybe I was think, confused with somebody else. Uh, but he was I don't playing. Moses playing anyway yeah but he, whoever was playing the right hand side it was Azpilicueta was playing the right hand side yeah. but uh, I must be confusing things but they you know they seemed fairly solid but then Liverpool were just they got it was almost as if oh my god someone scored against us what do we do and it felt very blunt then for the majority of the rest of the match they could not do anything
0: uh, where, but they created they created, they created plenty genius. of chances yeah so. there
1: was genius moments that created chances like there was one for Shakiri, which really should have been scored I think it was, yeah, it was, it was Robertson good. who got yeah, the cross I in yeah I think so maybe no I think it was Milner maybe it was Milner who got the cross in and then Shakiri dived and he's just so short about yeah, short player there he's was so a lot short. of pace on the ball as well and he just could not get enough direction to put into a, a, a gaping goal to be honest because Kepa was getting near it. yeah just put it on either side of Kepa but and... there was there was like Par- Firmino had a very couple of very good like created opportunities during the match as well. Sala ended
0: up having a couple of good chances as well. Yeah, he just kind of scuffed that.
1: You made the point that was that Sala is like his Roma days when he a bunch Yeah,
0: it's not that he's uh, lost his form last season. I think last no. season was just
1: an outlier. Yeah, well, it was an exceptional season. It's not only that. It's like okay, this is now this is the danger man. We're going to we're going to cut off, and everyone knew Sala was scoring goals because you could chip the ball over to him and he'd run in from the right hand side and score. Okay, so we'll just drop a little bit deeper on the right hand side when. Liverpool attack the ball from the from the left hand side, so you kind of have an asymmetrical defense to stick with the asymmetrical team, and they just are cutting off the opportunity for him to run on to goal. He's still great. He still had chances. He showed. You know, he's still out.
0: a good dribbler of the ball. Like not all of his goals scored like that. Like no, he scored a variety, but the of goals. majority of them were yeah. like that. But like he scored a few where he cut in onto yeah. his left or he dribbled past a couple of yeah. people. But he he created those chances that he would have scored last season. And I think last season was just such an exceptional yeah, season. No, right. That he would have scored them last season, but he wouldn't have scored them any other season. Yeah. He, he, he's the kind of player that up until last season would have required three or four
1: chances, maybe even more on, a, on yeah. a certain day, to get the goal at last. Which is why Liverpool didn't go out and like, OK, we don't need to have these other attacking options. They went out and, you know reinforced their attacking options and brought other players back into the fold this season which you might not have expected the likes of Daniel Sturridge who I personally thought he'd be because West Brom that's yeah. when he went to and got relegated to West Brom last he season he only played like six games and he was crap when he came on yeah. I remember him coming on a couple of the times like oh yeah he's so bad that guy, he seems so washed up yeah and then he's like he's doing okay like he's not doing like he scored a very good goal in this match and it he didn't He wasn't... He came on... Did he come on for Salah? No, it was Shakira that came on for Salah. Okay, he came on for someone else because it was just like he wasn't playing the right-hand side. He was playing... Almost him and Firmino doubled up in the same position in the left inside channel of of the pitch. Him and Firmino were almost interchangeable for the few minutes that Surge was on the field. And kind of that created space because it, counter-intuitively... The fact that you had two players in a smaller position, they weren't really getting in their way of each other, but they're getting away of the defenders. Because you have, okay, Firmino's here, so I'm going to cover Firmino. And then Surge comes into the space while Firmino's taking the time of the defender. And that created enough space for surge to get a sign goal. It was a fantastic finish. Oh yeah, definitely. Like I, I kind of preferred Hazard's call...
0: Then ah. Sturridge, just because of just the nice intricate play and the way that they, you could see how they pull the defenders away. Yeah, but to you don't of often cool. see
1: Surge score goals like that. That's why he kind of was a bit special. Like uh, that. I
0: don't know. I remember scoring a few ah. nice goals like that. And he almost scored one like exactly like that mm-hmm. in the League Cup. He just hit the crossbar. Yeah.
1: Well, and then the bicycle kick and the goal as well. I still haven't seen that, actually. Well, yeah, it was a to... flying volley. I'm not sure. You, you can let me know if you consider it a bicycle kick or not. I th- like Liverpool were so the only other thing like they were very lucky in the end that they came out with it because they weren't creating enough to really. It seemed like goal. their their motiv- or not their motivation,
0: but it seemed like come eighty minutes they were a bit defeated. Like they they weren't really sure could they get anything out of yeah, it. Yeah, but and then, then obviously the changes the stirs were made. And-
1: yeah, and 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 Klopp seemed not lose belief the whole time, and then even after that both sides were pressing each other to try and get a winner because it was like the 86th or 88th minute the goal went in. Yeah, it was 89th and I, there was four minutes stoppage time, and the, both teams were pushing. I think Chelsea had a few corners. Yeah, and Chelsea had a Liverpool could have had end. breaks, but to just speak one more thing before we leave this match, the something you don't see often at all at the top level is, and it was it was throughout the second half. Liverpool played their entire back line in Chelsea's half, and it nearly cost them as well if, on multiple occasions. Chelsea just okay, we just played there, the ball over the one, top.
0: There was one period where I think it was the. the biggest chance he had in the second half when Hazard uh, was strong goal yeah. and Becker made a good save yeah. but I think it was Joe Gomez I'm not sure Becker now? Alisson whatever Alisson I, just, Alisson, I don't um, know I for some reason go on go on up. Go yeah on. whatever um but he he made a good save on Hazard but you can yeah. see Joe Gomez like Hazard was about 10 feet past him and Joe Gomez just kind of stopped yeah, because he was,
1: realized oh, I'm not going to catch
0: him. No, but it, it was like he stopped and then kind of looked around and then he just ran again. Like yeah. I think it was just because Chelsea took the free kick so quickly. Yeah, but again, there's just a lack of concentration there that they really need,
1: but I especially don't, with such a high line. Have you ever seen such a high line in like in, in this a big match? A match? Like maybe occasionally you see such a high line if you have you see of, you see Arsenal Man, do it against yeah. a really lower... Yeah, or Man City team. doing it against Newcastle yeah. recently. Like, but that's because Newcastle can't get out of their own half and they have no. Prospect. They don't have it a fast no striker. Either. Yeah, exactly. But not when Chelsea are playing three players up front, which they still were, and they still Two have, of which are incredibly fast. Yeah, and they also have players battling midfield. Not like I've seen Pep squeeze the play before, and uh whatchamacallum do, does it as well a lot. Sari does as well as as in squeeze the pitch so to make it as like tight a five as a possible. Pitch, exactly. Almost. So to have fifteen yards between your defenders and your strikers. But this was re- this was almost. The opposite of it because you squeeze up to the fence, but then the strikers are playing in Chelsea's box, so you had them, you had the whole length of
0: And like Chelsea have the players, like Jorginho
1: can hit the ball yeah. over that Liverpool defence, yeah. no problem. And it happened, and it happened multiple again. Times. and it happened again. And if it wasn't for a, a, a concern like Hazard not being the quickest player in the world, or bad finishing on Hazard's part, or, or just good
0: goalkeeping, or thing.
1: good goalkeeping in, in terms of Alison Beckers, it's just. It, I, the match should have been out of the way, and it was like Liverpool would have just been absolutely. I don't know how they weren't slaughtered more through that defensive performance, because it was clearly Klopp's doing. He was like push forward as much as possible. You don't just do that, push but right that's out what, of that's position.
0: What you do when you're one nil down and you're chasing no, the game. You you go for it. It was yeah. That's what Klopp does. Anyway. It was
1: something different from the norm. From the norm when you're like, and that's probably it, it, it's Klopp was vindicated because they got the goal out of it and they saved and they kept their unbeaten Premier League record because. They got in. They got in there. Yeah, and they, they got scored the, the goal yeah. despite the you know, like if you were to go back, think of Brendan Rodgers against Chelsea in Anfield. The you know, the, the two yeah. yeah, the slip match. That was almost the same circ- kind of circumstances in a lot in terms of the single match, singular match itself, not in terms of the whole league campaign. But like Chelsea took a lead, you know, in a kind of a breakaway attack, and they scored a goal. It's
0: been more fortunate the first time under Brendan
1: yeah. Rodgers. But then it was Liverpool all the time for the rest and of the match. And their Very defense similar. was in their half. Yeah, but or Chelsea's half, rather. Yeah, but it wasn't. This it was much more formulaic As in, okay, we have attacking players and we have defensive players. We get the ball out wide, we get crosses in, or we try and play play it nice and neat and take opportunities, or take long range shots. Yeah. And that's what they did. While in this case, Klopp tried doing that, didn't work. Okay, I'm going to push the defence way up forward and I'm going to squeeze all the space so Chelsea can't break away or Chelsea can't break out of their own defence. And that didn't work. Okay, I'm going to flood the attacking midfield position and that's eventually what did work. We're Having Shakiri having Firmino, having Sturridge, having Mane all on the field. I think Mane... Or did I think, think, think Manning came off. No, Milner came off. Oh, well, yeah, it was Milner. Because it went to Van Dijk. The captaincy changed hands three times yeah. <laughs> during the match. Like Peaks then in England. Yeah, it was, very much so. Uh, but that's, you know, it, it proved, proved to work. I, I don't think many other teams are going to be trying that, though. Like, if you see, like, Liverpool are playing, I wouldn't say Liverpool are going to do that. against Man City, for instance.
0: But that... that- that boils down to that could be the difference between both that Liverpool team between Klopp and Brendan Rodgers and and that title campaign between like Rodgers lost that game 2-0 Klopp got the equaliser yeah
1: could have been all the difference at the time and Liverpool could be league champions for a 19th time but it didn't happen
0: I have nothing to say I'm so sorry I have nothing to say
1: when managers get opportunities, they don't come around that often. Like a manager could be like Big Sam talked about this for his entire career, that he's never going to get a big club because his name isn't Sam Allardici. So why is it that when certain managers get their big shot, their their once in a lifetime, their Hollywood movie role, do they not do they freeze up and just don't take take it by the bull of the horns? Take the horns take the bull by the horns and really go for it. Why did they just peter out and into nothingness and wasted almost? You look at David Moyes, Manchester United. Yeah,
0: David David Moyes is the the easy uh, example to pick. There's many because, others, but it's so easy to pick David Moyes because there was no bigger job to yeah, replace Rodic yeah, Ferguson yeah. at the time. So, like w- with David Moyes, he specifically David Moyes, I think he figured he could do what he did at Everton and translate it to Manchester United. But he did though. but the step up, nobody tried to bring in. He tried to bring in his backroom staff. He tried to have the exact same preseason training. He tried to talk to them in the dressing room the same way. And then maybe play a bit more attacking because you're know, at Manchester United and you need to do that. He, turns he, out he didn't yeah. have done that. Turns out he, he's not <laughs> very good at that and he only lasted seven or eight months. Yeah. He, he didn't take the risk of doing something different, he stayed how he always was. And that was ultimately his undoing and that kind of his career has unraveled since then.
1: Well, it hasn't unraveled. It's just, that was his big shot and yeah. now, it's, now you're He's going He's never going to get a chance like well, that the, ever again. Like, I'm just thinking, Steve McLaren, highly, highly, still is a highly rated coach. Apparently fantastic on the training ground, fantastic with players. He got the England job. And at the time you're like, yeah, that's about as big as his career's ever going to get. Because, you know, they speak about English managers not getting the chance in big clubs. And they don't really. So England was... David, the, David Moyes is an outlier. Yeah, and he's not English, he's Scottish. Yeah. <laughs> so they get bigger chances. Uh, but, like, Steve McLaren goes to England and just completely fails, withers away.
0: Stuck with the kind of... He just kind of stuck with Venn's
1: yeah, template. didn't change anything. 4 4 Calling them all, CVG, you know, calling them all by then, JT, CVG, Big real Trying to be friends with them all. Yeah, and it's like, that's, that, that wasn't the right way to go. And he failed. So what, like, why... The, the reason that brings this up really to mind is uh, Valverde at Barcelona at Barcelona because Valverde he won the league last year nearly nearly going unbeaten they did okay in the Champions League apart from a second half against Roma that if it wasn't for that maybe they could have gone on and won the Champions League like we shouldn't be I shouldn't be talking to him in such a critical way but I've been saying it since beginning of this season end of last season like apart from the fact that Barcelona just were so good last season they are overpowering every team and I thought they're, they're pretty decent they're pretty good to watch and now you're looking at it it's like well actually what did he change since uh, Luis Enrique left uh, apart yeah. from him being a different face in there very similar to what happened to uh, Zidane and Carlo at Real Madrid is that what did Zidane change and apart from him like maybe freshening up a slightly bit being a fresh face being a new voice in the dressing room to tell, to tell the players what to do Valverde has not done anything. The team, the team, seem to have uh, meandered along on autopilot. he's signed a couple of new players, brought in a few new players, sold like the likes of Neymar, got rid of Neymar out of the squad, replaced him with like for like Rodembele. He's had other players as squad just age. Luis Suarez, uh, Sergio Busquets. I even. still
0: can't believe he's sticking with Luis Suarez. Like I think another manager would have probably gotten rid of he's Luis Suarez. Of goals. But he, you look at him like... I remember watching him at the World Cup as yeah, well. Like This, is, this isn't exclusive to Barcelona. Yeah. He's on his last legs. It, you'd expect it from a player who's had such a long career. Yeah. He's at the age he is. He's won what he's won. What he's won. Like, is he only 31? I think he is only 31. I 31. could have sworn he was like 34 or No, something. I
1: think he's younger than Messi.
0: Is he younger? Okay, but whatever. He's clearly on his last legs. No, he's... Yeah, he's at a he's top, lost at that a top step grade. of pace yeah, when pace... Yeah,
1: He still can finish, but...
0: He doesn't He's have a good finisher. Himself. Obviously, you don't lose that of the way you lose a step of pace that he yeah. has. And pace, he was relying on that burst of, burst of pace yeah. back in the day. So, like, fair enough, keeping him around. I'm not yeah. saying completely get rid of Luis Suarez, send him off to Japan like Iniesta. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, bring in someone. I, I know that there's not a lot of uh, strikers around, yeah. big, big-name strikers but going the, around. Bersona but again, can get them. La Masia does exist. Yeah, that too. Obviously, yeah, Barcelona can find seen, them.
1: you're seeing, like... <laughs> For all, Luis Enrique used to be the head manager of Barcelona B He used to work at La Masia and but he never brought through a huge amount of players that you know were considered top grade from La Masia. A lot of them are sold on, and or have been sold on since. Like you look at Everton, have them. They're at you know they're at random clubs. They have Everton have them, but they're yeah. not particularly using them. But he, he didn't bring. Look, he basically continued what was done before. Him. He continued the work of previous ones and kind of solidified it, made them a bit more structured. Moved away from, you know, we don't like, Pep doesn't like being called Tikataka, but they moved away a bit from Tikataka to have a plan B of, okay, we're going to move Messi back out to the right wing as necessary and then move him in, you know, to work better with Suarez and Neymar. But Valverde's come in, Neymar's gone. You know, he rode the crest of a wave last season where the opposition in La but Liga I, I, but the opposition in La Liga like you said it all last season I disagreed with you that La Liga wasn't great last season I said oh well that's pretty good and Maricona are doing very well because they're winning every week and the other teams aren't doing very well but it turns out maybe last season Atletico and Real were basically going through transitions because they were cause well like Atletico had been given a transfer yeah, ban yeah they couldn't yeah. sign anybody they seemed to be spent
0: they got dumped out of Europe when yeah. they'd been doing so well in Europe up to that point they got dumped yeah, season out in the stages season. and
1: then they got knocked out and then okay they, they came did win the Europa League they roared league, back in the second half of the season both the league and in Europe by winning the Europa League and having a strong finish in La Liga but then Real Madrid kind of gave up on the league at a certain point you can see <laughs> in that in September well a bit later in the season like certainly after the Christmas Classico was kind I, think of them, 12, right. I think this time 12 months ago we were discussing is Zidane going to get sacked soon well he did eventually at the end of the season <laughs> he left. but yeah but, but and then Barcelona kind of just autopilot to the end of the season it was just you know
0: anytime they were in any kind of trouble it was oh was
1: bail them yeah. out. But that's, like, Valverde was hired because, okay, Luis Enrique was a great former player for us, San Madrid, and he's won the Champions League for us now. We need to go a different direction, at least in a, you know, this is a transitionary period coming up. Who do we go to? We go to the man that replaced Bielsa at Atletico, or Atletico Bilbao. The guy who kind of, okay, uh, Bielsa built a weird kind of side here and he's he's burnt out so many of our players. We're going to have to sell lots of his players. Some because they're burnt out, some because they they've grown so much and they, they must now leave the likes of um, like Lorente, Javi Martinez uh, and Herrera and Herrera players like that were, were moved on and then you know Laporte much later on but and other players that are still being sold off from Atletico that Bielsa and laterally Valverde brought through and Valverde Atletico had a reputation for being a kind of he's not Bielsa but he's at a thinker in the game, he knows what to do he's, he's developing a way to play similar to Bielsa in terms of the high pressing all action, all the time, attacking first type of football but a bit more of a, a backbone to it and then he goes to Barcelona after, you know highly rated goes to Barcelona, will he bring that backbone to Barcelona, will he bring the you know necessary changes that he brought to Atletico after, Atletic Club after Bielsa left, will he do that after the kind of last of the Mas, Ma, La Masia Triumphant between um, Pep uh, Tito or what's um, yeah Tito Villanova Tito Villanova and Luis Enrique. The end of that will he change things and bring it to the next level as he's expected to, and he hasn't done anything of the sort. He is still working with the goalkeeper decent enough, not not the best goalkeeper in La Liga, not the like not the best goalkeeper available to Barcelona in. in Mark uh, Mark andre Der Stegen but it's what they have he's a decent player and he's performing well for them so fair enough Jordi Alba aging he's dropped him a few times but always ends up having to bring him back Gerard Piquet inspirational leader like clever guy you know he's won everything he could possibly win and he's just done like the the we were talking about last week The he had that race for pace against the uh, it wasn't Stuart it was the other person that wasn't Stuart which yeah. is and he his just lost and he tried to bring, take him out and he didn't even do that successfully well he and did but the
0: ball flew out yeah, to uh, another player you
1: know but that like and then he came back and he scored the goal which kind of put like he equalised MPK which showed you the other side of his game but, you know, he seems to be, like, accelerating his decline very quickly. We knew it was coming for a few years. But well, PK has been around a while. It's reminiscent of Puyol and Piquet when Puyol was nearing the end. And it was like, oh, Piquet's holding holding them together.
0: Now Samuel Antutti is holding... But he's
1: not even... Samuel Antutti can't even... No. He's not of that level. He's not at Piquet's level. But to, to give
0: P. Valverde some bit of credit, because I know I, I have been very critical of him on this show yeah. in the past, when he initially arrived at Barcelona, it seemed like he might do something different. Because yeah, Because Neymar was gone... Usman Dembele came in they immediately got injured um, um, t- yeah he did but that forced him into a bit of a change as well Umtiti came in That was, he was signed last season wasn't yep. he yeah, yeah. so he he did initially make Barcelona that more defensively solid I don't
1: know solid. if no, because Enrique Mar- Mar- had left behind that team that defense, that team
0: that leaked four goals against Paris Saint-Germain that leaked three goals against Juventus that leaked goals against Real Madrid yeah. but that's how, what I mean what about, they, like, that Roma? leaked goals <laughs> yeah but that's the second half of the season that's what I'm talking about when he came okay. in initially okay. they had the best defence in Europe they were keeping clean sheets it was like oh my god a team has actually scored against Barcelona yeah. It was getting at that point come November December with Paulinho yeah Paulinho yeah that was bizarre but he was transfer. that's who was, he but was box-to-box he, work. it seemed like he'd managed to make uh, Barcelona play 4-4-2 in a really interesting way he seemed like you know they they turned around Juventus from I know group stages and quite the same as a Champions League quarter final but they had been yeah. trashed in the quarter final under Luis Enrique and then they did this they did to Juventus what Juventus did to them in the group stages yeah. so it looked like Luis Enrique started solidly you know he might be able to build something at Barcelona and I wasn't particularly impressed with how they were playing but they were getting results yeah. you know when you have Messi relying and that's that's yeah. just, that's what happens well yeah if you have the best player in the world use yeah the best yeah in the world. use him the way that he needs to be used. Yeah don't waste it. Yeah. But then uh, as January came on as Jim Z came back as more teams decided let's let's actually have a go. at Barcelona Barcelona were clinging on to that on beating record for yeah. quite a while. Yeah. And Messi was the one bailing them out yeah. often. Still and it was, is. and it was yeah still is. It was only when he was rested because of a friendly for in honor of Nelson Mandela he's been rested for, that they did eventually lose a crazy match 5-4 against uh, some team. I can't remember that. <laughs> can't even remember. I can't remember True who it one. was. It wasn't Lugana's. They nah. lost to last week. Yeah. But now they started this season, they kind of are just, they've started, they picked up where they left off, which is not an impressive way. Yeah. They've dropped seven points in the last seven days. It's making
1: the- La Liga interesting because it is no, like, Atletico... Are the most impressive, but uh, can't. Atletico
0: started poorly, but you know Barcelona and Real Madrid have both yeah. let let them back. I up. think
1: Atletico have been more impressive than Barcelona and Barcelona and Real Madrid, but they just haven't had the results on the pitch. Yeah, um, but that's the thing is like when it comes to Valverde, I think he's blown his shot, and I I presume he just wasn't removed last season because he won the league so impressively. Yeah, it is, it is and because who else? As we said about the Man United discussion earlier, gets who to else that. Who else is there? Yeah, That'll you can't get in, you can't get Ancelotti in because he had the Real Madrid job. You, you are Barcelona. You're known like if Barcelona don't play progressive attacking football, what's the point of them?
0: Like yeah, that is their like, thing. The whole like, thing like that is, is
1: their like Real Madrid's identity is Galacticos playing the best players in the world in like an amazing way. And Barcelona, that's what they've done over the yeah. last couple of years. And Barcelona's one is okay. We're gonna we're gonna do this a Mesque different KM way. Club. Yeah, more than a club. And it's a different thing entirely to what Real Madrid do. But in recent years, that's they bought Coutinho for a hundred plus million. They bought Dembele for 100 more plus and million. more. They're linked to a pogba for hundred plus million. They're doing the whole like originally the joke was made before that they did the Galacticos project much better than like the Zidans and the Perons. They had the like you know at their peak, Barcelona had the best mixture of bought in talent and uh, homegrown. Geniuses like the likes of Messi, homegrown and Iniesta and Xavi coming through the youth system, it peppered in there with Henri, with Eto. David Villa, David Villa, Zlatan, Zlatan, even yeah, but they won the league, and they? With Zlatan? yeah, they did. So you know that was the ideal, really. But now it's just like, what are they doing? Their 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 approach from a, a technical side of things, from the director of football side of things, is we're going to sign players, we're not going to build them anymore from the the inside. We're talked about the likes of the players that have been sold on to Everton. Like the yeah. uh, Yari Minas I know he he's bought in As a as an investment To grow into the team He had a fantastic World Cup And then Barcelona Couldn't use him at all Last season He had a horrible time Barcelona Who's the other player uh, Andre Gomez Andre uh, Gomez Dinier was
0: sold Dinier, he was sold To Everton as well Yeah Oh my god Everton
1: <laughs> The likes of Delafel Was brought back last year And then not used at all Yeah and only used on. Sparingly
0: when Dem- Back to Everton. Everton Yeah or He's at Watford now Or Watford sorry But you back know He the was Premier at Everton.
1: League. But yeah, but like it seems like oh they're 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 making intimations to do the right thing of bringing through these young players and then they just cast them all aside and they're replacing them with who? Nobody in the nobody's come through to replace these players at the team, leaving gaps in the the whole squad, more alliance, like Sergio Busquets like I was a fan of Sergio Busquets he's a very good player yeah great player he'll go down in history as one of the great can still do a job can still very much do a job in certain matches cannot control that whole defensive midfield You sold the only player who did running for you last season the Impolino like what is your strategy here and it comes back to like if Valverde doesn't have control over the team or like he should resign well, as in he should, that. no. He, well, he could. He, he he's he's not like he's like he is financially strapped, and this is tied to this job. He will go into another good job. But if you're not doing that, then you're then he, if he if he isn't being like hamstrung by the, the director of football and the technical directors of Barcelona, then why? Then this is his fault. He has decided to to over to overlook all this. But the strategy but what, of
0: Barcelona it? just but, doesn't seem like more and more they seem like just a club. Like they brought in Artur Vidal, is he a Barcelona player? No, exactly. no he's not. Yeah, he's they a brought in Paulinho, he's not a Barcelona player. They brought in Andrew Gomes, who was Gomez. a he was, he was a bit of a risk, but, but at these the are time players, but at the time he didn't describing. feel like a Barcelona player. No. The being linked to Paul Pogba doesn't seem like a Barcelona no. player. Philippe Coutinho kinda of does feel like yeah. a Barcelona player. But Ousmane Dembele he feels like an attempt at a Neymar player who uh, Neymar, I don't know. I think Dembele Neymar might be felt a, a bit like a future. A, yeah, he could turn out to be a good player, and, yeah. but he doesn't seem like the kind of player that Barcelona would be signing.
1: Yeah, he seems is, like the kind of player that someone else would sign. Yeah, of that quality. He sort of, like if you look back, when was it when they played? Barcelona played an eleven player. It wasn't even. It might have been the end of Pep Guardiola. Yeah,
0: reign, Pep was still there. Yeah, when they played, and they played whole eleven. Homegrown,
1: yeah, homegrown in a proper match, and it was like, wow, that is that is
0: that's the, the dream of for football. clubs, Yeah,
1: and like obviously, that's not always you get generations. It's not always going to be brilliant but what happened? And I don't want to make it all about Barcelona because I want to talk about other clubs very quickly. With well, this as the well.
0: the example I thought of there is, uh, is Roy Hodgson, actually, when he was given his chance at Liverpool. Like, Roy Hodgson, well, he had managed Inter Milan, he'd managed a couple of big clubs, but in, in, in England, Liverpool was kind of the big job for him at the time. Liverpool weren't doing so well, they'd just gotten rid of... Or was it... Had they just gotten rid of Kenny Dalglish at that point?
1: No, Kenny Dalglish came in after him. They just got rid of... Uh, Big Rafa
0: was he immediately following? I think he Rafa? was Big Rafa. Yeah. So yeah, Rafa obviously uh, didn't go down. Santa he Church went down. Yeah, yeah. He, he he went down in a ball of flame. There, yeah, I kind of just
1: that was the end. In fairness, it was the end of fixture list. Yeah, that was the whole mess. But Hodgson
0: came in. He'd done well with Fulham. He brought him to a Europa, Europa League, League final. final he
1: he'd done well at West. Well, no, you know, Fulham's he went out. to West Brom after and that's what you know, Roy Hodgson had come in with no name at all attached to a Fulham side that was basically already relegated, brought in some very clever signings, played very defensive football and kept Fulham up. And They, then were, the they were one years, of the greatest games, Yeah. And then in the following years he actually developed a team that played interesting, they... formulaic, St- structured football, but was very good at it. They 4-4-2 beat a Strauss
0: Ferguson Manchester United side 3 0, I think, yeah. at one point, if not twice
1: actually. Yeah. Turned Damien Duff into a left footed, very left footed winger into a right footed or ambidextrous right winger. Like, yeah, Damien Duff actually now says that he prefers his right foot when, you yeah. know, if
0: he'd said that in 2005, he probably would have laughed at you.
1: Yeah, he wouldn't even take, he wouldn't even pass the ball with his right foot. Let don't take a shot. But like that is someone who at smaller clubs seem to have seized the opportunity in an instant. And went on and did it. But then he gets the Liverpool job, as you said, and he freezes. He just plays... They were uh, dreadful. It was a bit like a Mourinho season but before made that findings. was a thing. He brought in players. He brought in the likes of... um What's the name of that West Ham fullback back he brought in? It's very funny. Uh, Paul Koncheski.
0: He brought in Stuart Downing, didn't Stuart,
1: he? You know, and they're like, "What? what is even the plan here? We're replacing, you know...
0: Turn Liverpool into Fulham, basically. Yeah,
1: and it's like, oh, this isn't good. And, you know, he'd fall out very quickly with players. And you're like, oh and then he lost that job and he seemed to do the same thing with England when he took over in England he kind of didn't progress them in the way you might expect them to he kind of okay, which is maybe he what made he needed at an the an embarrassment time. like losing to by the Iceland end of it, was yeah. a national embarrassment at, at first he seemed to have adapted well and he just made them a solid team but then yeah, by the end of it he was like I don't know what to do because, but he seems to be. i um, going back to Crystal Palace. He's doing different things with younger players. You thought when he finished in England, he's done at the top level at because at, at, he doesn't know how to compete with modern tactics, modern managers, and he's proven he can do it, which makes you think that is it a psychological thing? Because the other person I wanted to bring up in all of this was Pep Guardiola, a guy at 37 gets the like at 35, was he? He gets the 35, he gets the job Barcelona B doesn't do that well at Barcelona but he does okay initially and then it, I think he wins the did he win the best youth team like kind of league I know they play in seconda league or whatever they play in one of the lower divisions in the weird way that Spain work, work, run their B teams but like he had progressed a lot of players into the squad he had them playing a very certain type of way and he was very not hostile but he was known as a contagious figure in the team like you don't cross Pep or Pep gets back at you and he interviewed for the Barcelona job once Frank Reichardt got sacked. It's very it's documented by the technical directors of Barcelona that Jose Mourinho was the other main choice. You know, someone who had been in the Barcelona. And he'd apparently he apparently
0: did very well as well.
1: And they decided to go with Pep
0: because Pep. he was a force of character. Pep uh, Pep said that they didn't have the balls to appoint him. Yeah. Like that's that's the kind of stuff that was yeah. going around. Like it seemed like Jose Mourinho was inevitably going to become yeah.
1: Barcelona manager, but they took the risk on Pep Guardiola, which is which is. You know, goes goes in the favor of the Barcelona board, but then it's not just that that you, anyone can talk the talk. You know, anyone can whiz at an interview, or anyone can impress someone on a first impression and get the job. The case is what do you do when you get the job, and Pep struggled at first. His teams didn't do well. Hey, they were he everyone lost, was adapting. To, lost
0: his very first game in charge in the league, and then drew the second
1: one. And yeah, then. and it was a while before he had people were calling for his head very early on. But he didn't. Okay, I'm going to put everyone back for and we're going to defend like mad and we're going to play Messi as a right winger it, it was
0: a 6-0 victory against Sporting Beyond that really kind yeah. of shot everything off but, and it was the rest is history
1: yeah but he stuck to his principles and he's done that at every club since Like you you think um, Gary Neville made a very interesting point uh, at the beginning of the season when he was talking about the way managers must adopt, adapt to uh, different you know, the way that players must adapt to managers managers cannot adapt to players that when he was at Valencia in his short managerial stint, he made a crucial mistake that he he, since the biggest learning experience of his managerial career, that when he was um, a few matches in, a few of the players came to him and went, boss, this isn't working for us. We can't play this way. We're too open. We, We need to sit back and we need to defend and we need to hold on. We need to get a result in this match, a draw or anything. And he was like, you're right. We need to do that. I need to play to you, to your strength and forget what I was wanting to do and forget what I wanted to build here. I'm going to play with you I he said it was the biggest mistake of his managerial career however short it was that he just threw away his values immediately and he played what he thought the players wanted to play not how he thought the game should be played and he said that was the end of him as a manager at Valencia that was it after that he lost he lost the players lost confidence in what he was going to do they thought they could maybe not consciously but they knew they could manipulate him if necessary and they were like if this doesn't work if what we want to do doesn't work now he's got nothing he's shot his legs are gone from underneath him And you look at that in a lot of managers at the top, top clubs when they go there, that they play to the drum of what is expected of them, not what they should do themselves. Very few exceptions to that rule. That You look at Pep being a, a prime exception of it. You look at Jose Mourinho at his peak being a prime exception to that, of not going to Porto and getting beaten by, it, or not going to Benfica originally and then moving on to other teams he was at before he was at Porto. But being at Porto, and like you think you're going to roll us over and we're going to play this la da fancy Portuguese football. We're going to be hard as nails to beat. You're not going to beat us because that's the way my Jose Mourinho teams play. And that's how he continued through his career and got great success from it. They managed to set their way and they seize their opportunities when they get them. There's a lot of people out there, and I count Valverde in this. I think uh, Lapotegui, who was also like Sergio Ramos taking free kicks, when there's clearly at least five to probably eight better players to take free kicks on that Real Madrid side. And like, you know, Courtois can hit a ball pretty hard as well, <laughs> if necessary. You know, he's he not. scored you, a few but, penalties in this time. Exactly. And you look at Lapotegui at Real Madrid, he's exactly the same as Valverde. That for we're not going to talk about the the appointment or anything like that, but it seems to be this is a yes man who has a reputation in previous jobs of being an innovator, of being someone who changes perceptions. And he's come in at Real Madrid and he's kept it going as usual. He's not going to try and change. He's not trying to get rid of. No offense to Karim Benzema, the great you know carrier beater and you know defeater of Bayern Munich of last <laughs> season, but he's John as a top great player. The same way you're talking about Suarez, I think Benzema is even further over the hill than Suarez is even though he is scored in the Champions League finals. He is over that hill, yet he's persisting with him. Gareth Bale, I know he's injured now, but like, what is his purpose of using Gareth Bale? He seems to be just continuing what was done in the past, when that wasn't Gareth Bale's best position. He seems to be playing this guy out of position. And then the rest of the team is like, why Sergio Ramos' is a liability in a lot of these matches? Like he got a huge cut in his head against coming Madrid. Do you think he was subbed off? No. He was bleeding quite profusely out of his head. He's not taken off because he's too big to be taken off. And like that could have been to the detriment of the whole team. Maybe the team would have played better if they had a centre-forward who didn't have a head injury in really on the a match. One. Exactly. But like that manager has just completely lost the rag with it. He doesn't seem to have, like, as you said, Pep Guardiola, he doesn't have the balls to stick to his beliefs and continue with it. Maybe Pep Guardiola could have been a huge failure. And maybe he could have crashed out. Maybe he could have been like Gary Neville. Exactly. But he would have stuck to his principles over it. And we would have... For Pep Cordero, oh yeah, vaguely remember he was a manager of Barcelona for a very short amount of time. Done now at Barcelona with Jose Mourinho or whoever it was yeah. afterwards. But then, like, it didn't happen that way because he stuck to his principles, because he stayed to it. Luis Enrique is another example I want to bring up on it, tangentially. He did that. That happened to him. He went to... He had... He was a Barcelona B. Roma hired him because this guy was, like, the the pre the, the follower Pep. We want a bit of that Pep action. We'll appoint him. Had a crap time. Crap, crap time at Roma. People gave him multiple chances because they wanted to stick with him. And he stayed to his principals the whole time. Didn't ver- ver- vary from them. He'd be very similar to-, to Pep. Bit more direct. But very similar to Pep, especially at Roma. It's very similar. Pa- tiki-taka, passing football. No, Not too many big players. And it got crushed in Italy. Goes back to Spain, tail between his legs. Takes up rank at Celta Vigo. And he adjusts his own game a bit. But he mostly sticks yeah, to his principles. you have to adapt to a certain extent. You do, of course. I'm not saying you don't adapt. But he sticks to his principles, roughly. Does very well at Salta Vigo. Enough to get him that chance at Barcelona. And obviously, what happened at Barcelona, he won the treble in his first season. Doing very similar things to what he had done previously. Now, maybe his his style married up to the way Barcelona played at the time, to great effect. But him sticking to his principle got him back at that big job opportunity and made him a success at that big job and carried him through to his next job at the Spain national team you, like you look in England and it's the same things that happen Pochettino stuck to his principles at Southampton he was hated when he was hired at Southampton if you remember it he yeah, had the press it?
0: laid into him because, because he, he was Nigel Atkins
1: Nigel Atkins was doing fine and he, they were going to stay up in the Premier League and uh, no it's not good enough for getting in this guy that's suddenly become available from Spain that we think very highly of and they brought him in he didn't speak English, it didn't matter he sucked to his principles. He had them play in a different way. Like, by the time the second season came through and he was going to Spurs, like, everyone was like, wow, what a manager. Spurs have got a really good deal out of this. Because he sucked to his principles. Did the exact same thing at Spurs, who were really bad, if you remember. Tim, tactics, Tim. Tactics, Tim Sherwood. And they completely changed the Highest the win rate of football. any Tottenham manager. But despite them not changing hugely their squad, they changed the way they played because he stuck to his principles. Could have been very easy for him to just say, okay, lads, we have some good wingers who can cross the ball in. We have some good little centre midfielders who can play the ball quickly into the box, and we have solid, big, tall centre backs. Soldado, you know we have Soldado up front. But no, he's like, okay, we're going to play high pressing, high pressure game, and if you can't get it, you're out of the club, no matter what. I could have gone very badly from it. Didn't you know? It didn't shoot off like he didn't get t- top four immediately. It took a time to do yeah, it. Yeah, it took a couple of seasons because he stuck to his principles. And I think there there is there is a question to be answered of why. To all the like certain managers, they don't have the character, but is, is that life. what
0: makes the best managers in the world that they stick to their guns? Perhaps, like, is that the true character? Is that the true trait of a great manager? If you go
1: back in time through all the different managers, they've all been stubborn, they've all had their moments. Yeah, uh, uh, your man, I can't even think of his name at, at Benfica in the 60s. The Herrera, no, no, he was no, at the age of yeah. But him as well. They sucked their principles very rigidly. But you go through Brian Clough, very famous for doing it. Arrigo Sacchi was so rigid, was so strict to his principles that he you know, forbade any deviations from it and would kick you out of the club. Continued through Lippi, through Trapattoni, through Ferguson, obviously. Wenger, through Mourinho, through through Pep more more recently. Simeone. Arrigo, like, not Arrigo Sacchi. uh, Mauricio Sarri. Sarri, uh, Allegri, Max Allegri, who... Who everyone thought was a joke When he got the AC Milan job He was friends with Berlusconi That's why he got the job You were just showing me With Berlusconi Comes from Milan Wins the league at Milan Which isn't a thing That's done often Milan. The last manager to do it Yeah but it was him And Carlo And it's going back 15 nearly 20 years before No about 15 years Before they won the league Then Like it Yeah in the 90s No I think they won it since the, Did they win in the late 90s Well did Capello win one Yeah I mean I don't even but remember But Capello either. again would be. Yeah but that was a very long time ago and you like, like Allegri goes to Juventus, and he's like a laughing stock. Oh, you're you're not going to last long after Conte. <laughs> eight years you. later, is he there? Eight years? Uh, no, oh, he's not no, there. Eight not eight years. quite eight years. It's eight league titles, but but well, he five didn't years. win it. Yeah, he didn't win all. Yeah, this. that's what I mean. Conte won the first few. But Allegri there and he stamped his way of playing football. It's very different from the way Conte played it. Like initially it was gradual. It was an evolutionary change. But now it's very deep. Like he's changed almost oh, so every the whole, year. Yeah. But almost every year Con- uh, um, Allegri has changed the way they play. But keeping to his core principles of controlled, abrasive, counter-attacking. He's proved himself as a very smart, football, smart yeah. very tactically aware manager. And that's the what the best do. And I just fear that when these managers... like, We're going to see now in the next few years. So there's, there's a batch of young managers coming through. Anyhow. Idea how, but Thomas Tuchel's got the you had Unai Emery was saying the start of it he went to PSG after a very impressive campaigns at Sevilla and I don't know I think the jury's out and anyone going to PSG this time I think might, PSG or the the new manager killer yeah exactly so Emery's at Arsenal now Tuchel's at PSG see if he can do anything there and then you have the likes of Julian uh, Nagelsmann. Nagelsmann, who's going to Leipzig, who, who have a bit of money next year. Lucien you, Favre you, uh, Dortmund. Lucien Favre. You had Kovac, who, who we haven't really mentioned much about Bayern Munich this season because they're probably going to win the league without even trying. But Kovac comes from uh, Frankfurt, yeah. who was very impressive. Frankfurt. He seemed to have changed. the They way won Frankfurt the played. cup. They almost qualified for Europe. Exactly, and they were right up there in the league as well for Frankfurt, who were just per- they were relegated several years ago. I remember. And they're back up there and they're competing, and they're doing it with a shoestring budget with no real big players at all, with old pros playing. And he's revolutionized the way they played. And now he goes to Bayern. And the same thing that we just discussed has happened. In early days yet, so it could, could, could yeah, be turned we'll around. give him another few months. But at the moment, he seems, OK, there's an old guard there and he's sticking to them. He's praising the old guard. He's sticking to the way they like to play, the way Rebury and Robin, when he's fit, likes to play, like with the inverted wingers and have the central man through the middle that they play balls to really quickly. And for the most part, that'll probably be enough to win them the league in Germany. But it's like, not going to win them the Champions League.
0: But maybe maybe he's long term thinking, you no know, Nico Golash by giving them this final year,
1: you know, a bit of uh, a last rock. I don't think he's gonna get I think it's a sign. Here. Yeah, you're giving the benefit of the doubt I think it's a it's an early sign of the same type of behaviour as Laportege, as of Valverde, as of historically, Steve McLaren, Roy Hodgson, uh, David, David Moyes like you name it. Like Brendan Rodgers to an extent he kinda of imploded by the time at the end of that by the end of his uh, Liverpool reign as a big manager. Like the Mark Hughes, you know, player like managers who were known as somewhat progressive at one point or another have just absolutely descended into madness when it comes to them getting behind the, and getting that big opportunity. And it's you're right, the the best managers seem to push through and show their character and show their personality through their sides, but the bad managers don't. Dale set up quite interesting with the active fact. It was almost like a four, two, one, three, one. He was it was quite an interesting
0: Formation. The Premier League preview now as we close out the show. There's a big one now this week, a
1: huge one. Yeah, it's uh, by United vs Newcastle. Rafa, <laughs> can Rafa <laughs> see the end of his all four? That would be amazing. I
0: was actually bur- uh, building up to Burnley Cutterfield. No, here. no, no. Excuse no, me. No, uh, no, no.
1: <laughs> Jorge Valdano once said of a match, what was it between the. Like, he really hated Mourinho versus Benitez matches in the Champions League. Oh, yeah.
0: Um, yeah. He had a phrase that I, I won't
1: use on this show. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, it was very, like, could this be the final nail? or not, That's not a fair. Could this be the very final candle to be put out in the romance between Rafa Benitez and Jose Mourinho? Well, like, I think I think it could
0: be reignited if in two weeks' time Rafa Benitez becomes the next Manchester United manager. Oh, that is someone who
1: is available and who, you know, Newcastle United. Mike Ashley wants to see the back of Rafa Benitez, even six round. million buyout clause. Yeah, but Ed can afford that at Man United. Oh, yeah, he definitely can. Could but you imagine? The, the
0: only thing I'll say is I think Benitez maybe has a bit more respect for the Liverpool fans. Too, Listen, right? he went to
1: Chelsea. And and he created such a rivalry, like a completely artificial rivalry between Chelsea and Liverpool that was created between them due to their multiple every five games every season that they played against each other for multiple seasons. You know, that's We'll see. I think I thought Man United would come up and beat West Ham Last week. Oh, I didn't expect him to be West Ham. I just thought it was just like, oh, West Ham aren't, you know, they haven't been out much this season. They haven't shown that they could do anything to oh, the was team. But boy. then Man United just showed up and just couldn't play football. Five minutes is all it took for And Martial he? was on that field. He was, he didn't even speak about him wall. being substituted. He was substituted at the same time as Paul Pogba. And Paul Pogba walked off and the cameras were all on Paul Pogba. And, and Mourinho gave him a bit of a tap on the back as he went off. And Paul Pogba didn't make a scene or do anything. He was like, fair enough, I'm off, ran straight off, did his thing. Didn't make any meal of it. And then everyone forgot Archie Martial crawling off behind him. Mourinho completely ignored him. Everyone ignored him and he sat down looking sad because that relationship is dead. And that is reminiscent of the majority of the relationships at the club at Manchester United at the moment. Will
0: Mourinho even make it to this
1: match? It could be gone by the time you're listening to this.
0: Valencia on Tuesday maybe defeat there. What if they lose 4-0 to Valencia?
1: Is he gone then? No because they're still in the Champions League. I imagine there's it some kind be. of contract yeah, stipulation definitely. to do with the Champions League and that it was the same with Moyes it was the same, same with Van Gaal I think that do they could wait
0: be. it out <laughs> it's a long road to not to finding out mathematically it could be March by the time yeah, they're mathematically probably will, be.
1: probably will be that's why but you have two options in Manchester United as a club and this is before the match against Newcastle yeah,
0: here are the two options one gets it and two gets it out
1: no, the two options are you maintain with Mourinho and write this season off and wait, you know, save the money from see the season. See if he can write the ship. Well, no, I don't think they, they think he can write the ship. I think it's just you wait off this season. You wait till he fails to qualify for Champions League so and get rid of him and you reduce your expenditure yeah. and then you see who you can get as a top great manager thereafter. Like who's the big name that Ed Woodward can attract because that's what it's going to be. It's oh, not yeah. going to be, they're not going to find this like tactical genius and bring them through. they're not going to take a risk on someone with minor like the way they did on Alex. They recent. won't bring
0: in Karen McKenna say who is uh, the current assistant manager. No. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's what I mean. Like that's that that would be the No, risk. but
1: they're not going to unearth. They're not going to unearth like Nicky Butt isn't going to be promoted from within that kind of way. They're going to have to get a big name because that's what Ed Woodward does. He doesn't he's not clever. He's just good at commercial <laughs> things. That should be like the head of our CV like <laughs> Edward Woodward not clever. Yeah, KPMG. Um <laughs> That that's just the way things are. Could the other option is they sack him now, and they get someone in, whether it be Zidane, whether it be someone else? whether Maybe it's Blakey, may just an interim, yeah. Exactly, and they probably get a boost enough in their performance to at least <laughs> a maybe, new manager bounce, a new manager bounce to at least stay in the you know stay in the running for the Champions League until the the business end of the season, or at best maybe they have a turnaround and. Zidane does something in the Champions League To win the Champions League He or, wins a fourth in a row <laughs> Yeah Or they stay in the top You know They they suddenly arrest their form Because they have the yeah, squad you, and... you can't write off top four yet No Because it's still so well, early Well you can If Mourinho I think you can Oh yeah Mourinho, said, Mourinho but If stays, Zidane if comes gone. in
0: by Before Saturday You can't write off top four Just because it's yeah. so early And we don't know about because, Zidane like
1: Mourinho got second place Like the, the Like the likes Like there's certain journalists That want you to believe that Mourinho did amazing well To finish second last season
0: you he stopped, will tell
1: you that Liverpool stopped playing at a certain point last season, and they did badly. Spurs were a basket case last season, and were very lucky to stay in the top four. Arsenal and Chelsea, Arsenal, are, like Arsenal, were closer to seventh than they were to fourth. But yeah, Burnley really overtook them. Exactly, and Chelsea were just like, "Can I be sacked yet? Can I be sacked yet? Can I be sacked yet?" That was the whole season. That's a bit like Mourinho this season? Well, I think it's worse because like Conte, at least yeah, Conte remained at least a bit professional. Yeah, exactly. Right until the end, he remained professional. it's it's not like that. This season is going to be a lot different. Emery at Arsenal, they' they seem to be like not playing well, but getting results, which is not what Man United want to hear. Spurs. I think they're still a bit of a basket club and having to arrested a lot of the problems they had last season. And they've an over reliance on one or two players, but they're, they're still up they're there. They're eking out results. Exactly. Chelsea are doing better than I thought they would do. And, and then, then you the have. Big two. Yeah, which we're definitely going to get top Who four.
0: Meet on Sunday. Yeah. How's that one going to go?
1: I think this is a Man City victory. I think this is the point where we start seeing. At where, an Anfield? Yeah. I think this is the point where you start seeing, okay, this this is why they they got Kevin, the Brunner, last season. Kevin De Bruyne back, back in training. training he probably won't play the Champions League match but I can see him playing oh
0: I assume he's working on getting
1: back for this match yeah. this is a huge match like Liverpool have been pushed the last like I thought Liverpool would beat Chelsea maybe not in the league cup but I thought they would beat them in the, the the league at the weekend and they were nowhere near being like dominant over Chelsea they had a lot of chances but they they didn't have the conversion and especially after they went down they didn't look like they were going to get much out of the game at all I feel that Man City if they can start strongly because I think this will be a very much a match in 20 minutes who starts stronger will matter a lot last season Liverpool actually did start stronger and ended up losing 5 so five. yeah minutes. it
0: was 5-0 in on the end obviously Sadio Mane gets sent off yeah that
1: changed the match a lot and a lot of goals you can kind of write players. off that match but that's that's happened and you can't really write it off because it did happen and I think it could happen again I think Man City will have a huge pep especially and we'll see in the past Pep having a point to prove doesn't really mean anything because he tends to just lose again. But he'll have a big point to play against. Point but it was, against it was
0: last season that uh, I think it was in the first leg of the Champions League quarterfinal that uh, Pep went with four players in midfield. He played Gundogan, he played De Bruyne, he played Silva and he played uh, Fernandinho. Yeah. Like he had done in the Karen Cup final against Arsenal and it didn't work. No. And Liverpool rightly beat them 3-0, deservedly. And they were the far I, better team. Yeah. And so I what does Pep do? Because that's kind of been
1: his... Pep needs a firm base. Because you see, at the moment, Man City did not augment their squad in a huge way from last season. And there's still deficiencies in certain areas when you're playing the absolute best in Europe, which Liverpool are at the moment. They're in fantastic form for the most part. Undefeated in the Premier League. You have to play a strong defensive base against them but you have to play a lot of pace. So I think if they had Serginho that would have made a big difference or Mm -hmm. Jorginho rather that would have made a big difference in this match but obviously Chelsea got him instead. So you're stuck with Fernandinho and who do you think is going to play on time? Gundogan?
0: Do they play Gundogan as well?
1: You need someone with a bit more athleticism a bit more pace and I think you Bernardo Silva? Yeah, but if I don't know if De Bruyne, do you risk De Bruyne? Do you risk David Silva in this? Because in a, David in a Silva, match this big, I think he kind of after. but well, I think David Silva could be run over in this match if he's
0: not. But like playing the four like it proved last season that by playing four players in midfield, having that extra player in midfield, having that control in midfield didn't matter to no. Liverpool. They just played around it. Yeah, and they, and they overwhelmed. They played over the top. Like they you can see, break. yeah, you can see like at one point in that that Champions League quarterfinal, was like there's just literally no one in the middle of the pitch. Yeah, there's not even a Man City player there. Like the, Liverpool
1: can bypass mm-hmm. midfield if they need to, and they can do it with to great effect. So pace might be the only option then, and just play above that press, which is what uh, Pep did to great effect at the times he did win against them in Germany, against Klopp's Borussia Dortmund in Germany. But uh, he played; he just bypassed I think, midfield and played. Okay, you're going to beat us on the press the whole time, so we're going to bypass the press entirely, play over the top, and just go for it. But the problem
0: is, though, is I think there's a bigger gap between Pep's. Bayern, Bayern, and uh, Klopp's Dortmund. than mm. there is, yeah. currently between. So Massimi do you and think Liverpool. Liverpool,
1: you sound like you think Liverpool are going to win this?
0: Uh, I, it's just hard to go against Liverpool at the moment because they're playing so well. You but know, the performance. The, the, last the performance against Chelsea is uh, not great, but again, like, this, that's the difference between them away from home. We saw how poor away from home they were against all the big teams last year. They didn't beat any of the top six away from yeah. home last year. They've already picked up four points: three at Wembley against Tottenham and one at Stamford Bridge. Yeah. True, whereas at Anfield, obviously they lost in the League Cup, but it's the League Cup, you can write that off. Yeah, you can. It is, they haven't lost in the league at Anfield in a long time. I, it was, it was 2015 16, I think, it was or 2016 17 rather. You probably have to go back as far for their mm-hmm. last defeat. I can't remember the last time they lost in the league at Anfield. I think Swansea beat them, maybe when yeah. uh, What's-his-name came in? Paul, Paul Clement came in initially. Yeah. And that was yeah. a while ago. Like, Swansea aren't in the division anymore. Yeah. That's how long ago it was. So, it's going to be tough for
1: Manchester. to win. I just see this as a league decider, almost. And I don't see how... The fact that they play each other twice, I don't think is quite... A... If, if... Yeah, but I think this will be... Like, if Liverpool win, it'll be a great result for Liverpool. And you'll have... And I'll have to acknowledge that they really are in this title race. But... I know, and it's only just turned October. But if Man City win, I can see this being a springboard for Man City will to, to like chopper everybody else. Will it
0: be a bit like when they beat
1: United Old Trafford last season? Perhaps. But to an even greater yeah, extent. Yeah, I think so because they'll go on. After this, I think they have to play... There's a Manchester Derby coming yeah, there up. Is but again, that might be up. the easier. But, that's, but no, that's what I mean. It's like, I think having them closer together benefits Man City because they build momentum that way. We're going to beat this team, we're going to beat this other good team, we're going to beat this other good team, as opposed to playing the smaller sides, which at the moment they're knocking over without too much difficulty. They're just, even the matches they don't win by a load of goals, like the Wolves match they had a bit of struggle with, they're still performing quite well against these lower side teams. Even the 2-0 against Brighton, like it's not 5-0 or 6-0, but it's still comfortably And it's like they knew it was won. It was yeah. kind of that way. Okay, we won this. We're Let's moving put on. ourselves. Like, yeah, well, rest ourselves. Yeah, we've got two have, matches next week. They have
0: a That's... big game against Half coming because yeah. you know they lost to Leon yeah. in the Champions League, so they need to win this one. Yeah. They lose this one, they're in a lot of trouble. Yeah. But so they need to win at Half which you would expect them to do. Yeah. But then they also have to win at Anfield. I feel. Yeah. I I get. I'm not saying that Liverpool will definitely win. I'm leaning more towards a draw, which is a bit of a cop out. Yeah. But I just see this finishing similar, like kind of. I think it was at at the Etihad in yeah. Pep's first season they finished two all. I can see it being a much more higher quality version of that two-all. Yeah. Or maybe it's one-all that time. But I can see it being a high quality draw. A yeah. bit like on Saturday.
1: I see this going because of Liverpool's flattering to the sieve, and because they pull up all the stops against Chelsea, who are not to the level of Man City. I think Man City will take this, use it as almost a cup final. They'll go into this like, we want revenge for the Champions League quarter-final that we think we shouldn't have lost badly. And we want to show everybody else that just because we lost that one match, we're not. Because a lot of people forgot then, like, oh, Man City's side are fallible. Or Pep Guardiola's Man City side are fallible now because they've lost that match to Liverpool. Like, it kind of ruled, it kind of put a, a dark cloud over their whole... Yeah, game, that,
0: that, that that seven-day period was... Uh, they got 100 points. Yeah. Like, they were dominant.
1: But it's so and, easy
0: to remember the, what happened in the Champions League. Yeah,
1: but they've continued that dominance this year. And I think in the league, like... And I think they will try and show it again, and show that Liverpool are still in their position and put Liverpool in their box. Like if Klopp can do it, I think it really is. A, I'll have to acknowledge it really is a title race at that point, and a lot more, a lot closer than maybe I gave credit for at the beginning of the season when I said Man City would win this again comfortably, not to the level they did last year, but again comfortably.
0: And uh, then just to close out the show, I think Fulham against Arsenal could be entertaining. Seventeenth place Fulham against six place
1: Arsenal. It's such an entertaining. I game. just,
0: I just keep wanting to push the Fulham. Maybe Fulham will do something. You
1: know, Craven Cottage is a nice stadium. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I think Arsenal that'll be an eighth. Consecutive I think it's a, it's first. a nice
0: little Sunday though, especially considering what happened last or yesterday Sunday, when the uh, Ryder Cup kind of took control and we were left with Cardiff
1: Cardiff Burnley the matchless century two one they three goals three I'm, goals I'm I'm like impressed. more than a, like fifty nine percent past completion rate. You know, it's nothing finer. I'm
0: sure Sky were delighted with this. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, so that'll leave us for this week's episode. Thank you for being here, Andrew. Thank you for having me, Dylan. And uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, then don't forget you can tell family and friends about the show. Spread the word, the Total Football Takeover. You can also follow us on social media at the TF Pod on Twitter and Total Football Pod on Instagram. We can also be found on podcast services, including Spotify. By searching Total Football Podcast. The more the merrier. That's what we always say.